The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Wendy Plant is a talented music teacher and singer-songwriter who's recently released an album titled Into the Labyrinth. On this album, Wayne has included a number of standout tracks, such as Music Sounds Better Review 22, which is a catchy pop song featuring classic song titles in each line. He also showcases his versatility with tracks like Moment in Time, which was performed on Britain's Got Talent, and You Only Find Tears in the Bottom of a Glass, a poignant song that touches on the struggles of addiction. And Wayne joins us now. Good afternoon, Wayne. Uh, hi, how are you? I'm excellent, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. There's a variety of songs on the album, aren't there? Some of them are upbeat rock and roll songs and some yeah. are slower songs with all sorts of different subject matters, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've been writing songs on and off since I was at college at 18, which was um, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and about let's have a look, 12 years ago, things changed. I had a big change in life. I ended up um, being single again. So I just spent all that time writing new music and that's where like moments in time come on and different things like that. All the, the slow songs generally do have a real story behind them. Yeah. But obviously these are the things you don't share the details to them. But yeah, they're all real songs. And yeah, it's been it's been a long time um, into the labyrinth. Uh, sorry, labyrinth in my mind, the big long one at the end that's yeah. a song I started writing that when I was 18 when I was at college 30 wow. years ago and every time I come back to it I thought oh I'll add a little bit here and I'll add a little bit there and then once we were in the uh, studio every time I went in um, I'd written another piece um, the middle section is actually a song that was unfinished that I put <laughs> put in the middle yeah. uh, Tom my poor sound engineer was ripping his hair out by the, the time we finished with it he said it was the craziest thing he's ever listened to <laughs> and because Labyrinth of My Mind took so long to make do you think it evolved over the years and is something completely different now to how it was when you first started yeah the musically it is um if you go into the theory of the music the chords yeah. originally it was more of a dropped bass kind of uh song and then i realized it i won't say which one it is but i realized it sounded a little bit like a, another song so yeah. I, I changed the bass around to it um and then i think it was about the mid noughties i decided to add the carousel bit in the middle which is supposed to represent the the old lady in the in the in the song kind of losing her mind in it alice in wonderland kind of way uh and then the next section was uh, originally a little song i wrote called little pills that's why that line's in there um the next section there was more vocals in that i, I didn't bother recording them and it just evolved and evolved and i i, I just wanted that big epic crazy song <laughs> yeah um, I love the idea like Freddie Mercury and I'm not comparing because I'm not worthy to touch the hem of Freddie Mercury's garment yeah. he, is, he is God yeah. but um, I love like when he was doing Bohemian Rhapsody he said every time we went into the studio he'd come in with more Galileos so I just kept thinking what more can I add to this just to make it longer and longer <laughs> so I got to just under 10 minutes in the end Wow because it took so many years to write did you ever feel that you were lost in your own labyrinth while creating it it was you just it was very strange because I I recorded um, Moment of Time was the first one I recorded that was a 
about 2014. Mm. And the studio where I recorded that hadn't got any more free time. So I booked in with these two lads that had just set up a new recording studio. And that's where I started recording Music Sounds Better With You. And that took ages and ages to get <laughs> right because there were so many overdubs and things on it. But I was th- I kept thinking, well, how many songs have I got now? I've got like nine. That's not long enough for an album. And then so I'd, I'd write a couple more and I'm thinking, oh, well, I don't like that one now. So that one I'll have to go. But things like track um, four, Dream Girl, that was one of the first songs I recorded ages ago. But we only did the demo vocal to it. And the final time I was in the studio, just before Christmas, we were listening to it and I, I just liked the sound of it. So we just um, took loads of studio magic into it and it, it so it's got that dreamy feel to it so yeah that one that one came back from from death <laughs> that one did yeah and you mentioned the song music sounds better review 22 which yeah each line features the title of a classic song what was the inspiration yeah. behind that because i don't think i've ever heard that done before well i, I there is a story like say every one of these <laughs> songs is about a story i was teaching a young lad called ben back in stoke when i lived in stoke and i was yeah. driving home and i thought i wonder if anyone's written a song <laughs> where <laughs> every line is a title of another song so i started thinking right places i've been to strawberry fields walked down blackberry way uh fell down one manic monday picked up <laughs> on ruby tuesday so i got in wrote all these songs down and I wrote the first couple of verses and there's a couple of verses that were scrapped because they were just didn't make sense <laughs> and then I, I remember I was lying in bed and I, I could hear the music in, in my head so I run downstairs onto the piano and, and did all that and um, yeah so that's that's where that come from and it, I, I was surprised that it's one of those moments where you think why has no one else thought of this it's such yeah. a, an obvious thing but like I say there was a lot that didn't get in there there was um uh, i think there was a line of you to me are everything and things like that and i think some of them they sounded forced like yeah. i was trying to put uh, a song title in there but even now when i listen to it back there's um song titles within song titles so it's a bit of a fractal of, of song titles all mashed in together but hopefully it makes sense when it's all together yeah and i suppose there were parts of it that were challenging as you say but in a way was it easier than writing a normal song because you have something to go on you've got the title of songs that you can put in there you maybe don't have to think as much about the lyrics or is it actually just harder overall well like i said i didn't want titles that sound forced like yeah. i was like say if i just used uh, the line you to me are everything which was in a verse at one point it sounded like it sounded like a title of a song where a lot of people when i say to them now they've listened to that song loads and i'll say you do realize that that they're all titles and people have listened to that song and not realized it i wanted the 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 story of the song to flow and musically um, th- this is one of the things I love about music people think music is so random and mm. you've got a billion infinite ideas that you can all throw together music's quite linear so once I started writing the song and then got to the middle eight section it wrote its own key change I mm. didn't put that key change in there it, the mod- well it was a modulation and then I key changed up at the end it did that it, I just think that's amazing when you're writing a song and the song it takes on a life of its own and says right I don't want to be in this key no more so I'm going to push myself into this key yeah. 
brilliant. What was the inspiration behind the title? Because, of course, there is the song Music Sounds Better With You. So why did you choose that song, of all the titles, to be the title of the song? And why the number 22? I'd written the first couple of verses and I'd been on my piano and, and written just the basic chords under it. So I was thinking, what can I have for a chord? And I thought, well, it's a catchy song and catchy songs normally have repetition. Yeah. So I, I, it just come to me, music sounds better with you because it, it reflects, you're telling a story, it's got like a double meaning, you're telling a story through all these amazing songs that you've listened to with other people. So that's mm. why music sounds better with you and obviously with the repetition so it gets in your head, the old grey whistle tests and everything yeah. and the reason it's called 22 is i um back in the i think it was about 2009 2010 i was in the songwriters guild and you could send your song off and they would have a company called scamp studios who would make a backing track for you so on the um sort of the b-side to moment in time when i first released that i put this version of music sounds better with you on but when i did this album i didn't want to use backing tracks I wanted it that I played every instrument and sang every backing vocal so rather than call it like music sounds better with you remake or anything like that I yeah. just picked 22 because it rhymes and then yeah. um, I just like I like that little bit of um continuity so i've got music sounds better with you naked which is just me a piano bass and backing vocals and then music sounds better with you dancing which is a, a dance mix i made of it yeah that's an image <laughs> you mentioned as well that you were teaching a pupil because you're of course a music teacher yeah. so how do you balance being a music teacher with being a musician i mean do you find that they complement each other very well or do they live separate lives? It's nice with the kids to, um, to show the real side of it. I, I, when I first have a new pupil, I always say to them uh, a couple of things. One is, don't worry about mistakes. I am here for your mistakes. If you didn't play without mistakes, if you could play without mistakes, I would be sat where you are. Yeah. And then I use examples of um, when I have done little live shows and made mistakes and how to cover them. It's, uh, it's all about confidence. If you make a mistake and go, oh, then it's obvious. If you take no notice of it and just carry on and I'll say to him those mistakes are in the past they've gone you don't need to worry about it and um, the, the other thing um, which has gone out of my head now <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I like to say, oh, yeah, the other thing I say to them is my job is to make you better than me as quick as possible. And it is, I, I use like the songs, I don't normally go, I wrote this one, I wrote this one, but since I released this, all the kids have had a copy of the CD and everything. And I think it just gives a little bit of inspiration um, yeah. to them, a little bit of something to look up to. One of the little girls I was teaching the other week, a mum messaged me to say she took the CD into show and tell at school. That was quite wow. sweet. Have your students heard the album and your music in general and if so what do they think of it yeah the um i gave I've, everyone I've, I've been teaching this since i moved down here and teaching at a um a couple of music schools down where i live now just outside retton so i gave everyone a copy of the cd and it's surprising that all the younger kids all all said the same they all like music sounds better with you and dream girl uh, so <laughs> i must have done something right if i if i'm appealing to the, the younger generation yeah certainly i suppose that is quite a difficult thing to do because 
your influences would be different to what the younger generation have. Yeah. So is that an accident that you've appealed to your own students? Yeah, I suppose because I say to them, what what music are you into these days? And most of them are like, don't know. And they would say, don't be shy because you like music. And trust me, my my guilty pleasures are going to be far more embarrassing than yours are. <laughs> All music wonderful. Um, but uh, it, I say to some of the kids, like I'll try and give them examples of great music of that, that's come out over the years and I'll say have you heard of um, things like Alvis and the kids these days have never heard of Alvis or the Beatles or anything like that so there's a big generation gap now mm-hmm. but music's just it's, it's all wonderful and it's one of the things that I teach like I said earlier on music isn't random as people think there is yeah. linear path to go down and um, another thing I always say to everyone that teaches music is only difficult because people who can't do music tell you it's difficult. You always get people saying, oh, I wish I'd learned to uh, play the piano. I wish I'd learned how to read music. Yeah, It takes 10 minutes to learn how to read music. It's really <laughs> not difficult at all. It's just throughout life, we always meet people that do things that we can't do, whether it's yeah. jobs or whatever. So people that can't do music would see it as difficult even if they've yeah. never tried it music's art yeah and i always say all art is, is wonderful whether it be music or dancing something that i i just cannot grasp yeah. i did a tv show um 20 years ago that included dancing and it was i'm just so glad they didn't do it i cannot follow instructions on things like that um, but art, artwork, whether it be um, photorealistic or something more modern, it, it's there to be uh, it, to be interpreted in, in all art, no matter what form it's in. It's all just wonderful. Now, speaking of TV shows, your song Moment in Time, you did that on Britain's Got Talent. How's that impacted your career? Well, they didn't show it. <laughs> but it inspired me. I thought, uh, I, I did the audition and I was, there for 12 hours and I was the last one on and I won't go into the secrets of how Britain's Got Talent and everything is filmed but it's quite intense when you're there and so it was a long day and uh, I got a yes off Simon uh, a yes off Amanda she says I was because I went out and I was all happy and funny uh, and a little bit crazy and um, then I sang this really sad song so Amanda Holden said I was cute but tragic like the Muppet so (laughs) taking that as a compliment yeah. Alicia Dixon wasn't particularly nice uh, but I got a yes off David Williams as well and then I got a phone call saying we need you to come down to London Then I got another phone call saying Simon's had a baby could you come the week after and then I got another phone call saying unfortunately we're not putting you th- I'm glad they did it there rather than go to London and have the disappointment with the cameras in your face of, yeah. and you're going home <laughs> so um, I thought maybe they were going to show it on the TV so that's what inspired me to record it and release it as a single because um, I thought if anyone Googles that song or checks on Spotify or, or Apple Music or anything like that it would be there but unfortunately they didn't do it but ultimately it inspired me to record this entire album The Experience did yeah. and it is very very scary I can tell you doing that Yeah, I can imagine Now your song as well, Tragic Comic, addresses some of the serious issues of depression. Yeah. Do you hope that that song will raise a lot of awareness? Yeah, I think it, that actually came from while I was waiting for the results of Britain's Got Talent. Because oh, wow. 
I because I was so um, jolly and funny and, and crazy when yeah. I did my initial audition, I thought I want something that's really serious to to follow it up with. So I started writing that because it's it's something that everyone experiences at some point in their life. Unfortunately, some people experience it more than others and for an, a lot a lot longer time. Yeah. And I wrote the song and I recorded the backing track to it, and then it kind of drifted out of my head. And um, then unfortunately we lost. Robin Williams who was just a genius and I've always said, said to know real comedy you've got to know real pain as well a lot of the great comedians have suffered from depression and things so I went to look at the song again and thought um, oh it's finished oh I've got the backing track to it so I went into recording studio and recorded it and there's um, there's, there's a couple of things like that it, it's saying that the, the story of it is kind of saying that it, it's okay to cry if it, mm. I don't want people to, to be misconstrued with it when I'm saying it is okay to cry if you want to. If you've got something to cry for, then it's fine. There's there's no shame in being sad. Bottling it up all the time is, is not, not a good thing to do sometimes. I suppose it's a Tears of a Clown type song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, you, you look at some of the great uh, comedians, like, like say Robin Williams is, uh, I won't name the other ones just in yeah. case, but Robin Williams could go from having you crying with laughing to having you crying with sadness in a second. Yeah, just you could, you could tell it, it, it wasn't it wasn't so much acting with him. That was his life. It, it was it was real. When when a comedian can play sad, I think that shows more of their real side and, and vulnerabilities. Well, what's next for you in terms of music and future projects? Have you got more albums on the way, and will they hopefully come out sooner than it took these songs to write? <laughs> 30 years. Um, there's two things I'm kind of working on at the moment Um, I've got a collection of comedy songs I'm a big Tim Minchin fan I love his um, uh, crazy comedy songs so a couple of them I've got a few squares in but one of them I wrote my uh, beautiful fiance called I Want to Spend Eternity With You in Hell Hell is where all the rock stars go (laughs) Um, and then uh, Claire said like I I should record because there was there's about another five or six songs that I had finished for this album but I thought mm, that one sounds a little bit close to that one or that another very sad depressing song that's it, it, it the, the sad depressing songs is the yin to my yang yeah. kind of thing it, it's my inside kind of thing coming out but I've got about five or six other songs that, have, that are all finished so I've just started working on putting little backing tracks of them but I'm not going to do it to the scale of this album yeah just going to be five ballads and the just basic um, music really just a piano and a guitar and just do like an, a, a bit of an acoustic album sounds good I think of a new name yeah, yeah. Thank you. well in the meantime where are we able to find this album Into the Labyrinth it's on uh, all streaming and download sites. If you search for Wayne D. Plant, Intimate Rush Music. Um, if you search Intimate Rush Music, it should all come up. And there's another single out I, I wrote and produced for a girl called Lydia Eliza. And she's a wonderful singer. And that's called Sometimes. And that's a song I wrote for a friend of ours that unfortunately passed away. Um, so if you search Intimate Rush Music on any of the streaming or download sites, you should get this album and you should be able to find Sometimes with me and Lydia as well. Um, it's also YouTube. If you YouTube it, it's on YouTube as well. Brilliant. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great having you on. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, yeah.
Morning Show.